My name is Andres de los Santos, and this is Why Do You Write? So on the last episode of Why Do You Write, we got to interview my friend Sydney. Now, Sydney is a sports writer. She only writes sports. But obviously here at Orange Bean Network, there is a ton of writing that happens. We have like campus news, city news, sports, obviously, but even Damn Chic and Beaver's Digest and a lot of writing going on at Orange Bean Network. So on today's episode of Why Do You Write, I'm interviewing my friend Wes, and Wes is, he's a campus writer and a city writer, which means he focuses on news that happens in the Corvallis and the OSU community. And uh, Wes is a really good guy, really stand-up guy, and obviously, I, I personally, I might be a little bit biased, but probably one of the best writers here uh, up here on the fourth floor. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation I have with him. A lot of banter going on, a lot of, a lot of laughing just because we have such a good connection, but um, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Wes. Hi, Wes. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Nice to be here. How's it going? How you, how you been so far? How you been? Uh, so far, so good. You know, just trying to get used to the weather and the less daylight at night. I know. It's weird where it's like, I hear it's like 5 o'clock and it's like pitch black. You need yeah. a flashlight to go home. I was talking with a friend the other day. I said it feels like after 6, it's midnight all night. No, seriously. And like, you're so tired. Where you're like, you're draining. You want to do, do anything? Seriously. Anyway, <laughs> nice little life transition there. Anyway, Every conversation begins with the weather. <laughs> As, as it should be. So, Wes, obviously, I know who you are, but our listeners... Do you know no, who I am? I, we'll find out. I know who you... I, I think I know who you are, but our listeners have no idea who you are. So, Wes, for our listeners, can you say your name, your pronoun, your position at LMN, and, I guess, the time you've spent here? Okay, well, uh, I'm Wes Flo. Uh, I'm a news contributor at the Daily Barometer, he, him. Uh, I've been here for... Since the beginning of fall term, so... Is that two months? Gosh, that's already two months now. Yeah. Wow, happy, happy two-month anniversary. Yeah. You stole your party. Oh, ah. yeah. Stole your one big party. One big party for Wes. Coming up. All right. <laughs> All right, well, so thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for coming on Why Do You Write? And um, I'm gl- I'm, it's a huge honor to be the first guest. Oh, shush, not even. What did I do to deserve that? <laughs> You're one of the few guests, yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, Wes, I, 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 when I thought of this podcast, I thought of you. So I was like, this man, this man's got to be on it. I'm touched. Now, this podcast is about writing, obviously, about writing and storytelling. But Wes, let me ask you this. When you think of the word writing, what are three words that come to mind? The word writing itself. What do you think of? When I think of writing, um, four words come to mind, actually. Okay. One of them is just a filler, though. Uh, the four words that come to mind are creative process on paper. Creative process. Wow. Creative process on paper. I like that. That's a, You're the first guest to like use like a series. Like a, like a, like, like words are like, are like in conjunction with one another, you know? Yeah. You know, um, I'm all, I'm all about nice, catchy slogans like that. No, I mean, you are, well, you're a nice, catchy guy. So that makes sense. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So obviously you're a writer for the barometer, you're a writer for us. What got you like into writing? Like how long have you been doing it? What you like to write about? Like what got you into writing? Well, I'd say probably first started writing things when I was about kindergarten age and they started teaching me how to write. Um, if you don't want me to go that far back, I mean, go, go as far uh, back as you this, this is your story. Um, you know, I've always, I've always enjoyed writing. I've always kind of enjoyed the creative process of it. Okay. Um, I think what made a good, made me a good fit here, uh, for the barometer though, is that it's been something I've enjoyed, but it's never been kind of a, a hobby of mine. Right. Like I've, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, I don't, I don't go and just write things for fun, uh-huh. but I do really enjoy writing when I'm given a task to write about. Okay. So I think that kind of, that's kind of what set me up to 
for this sort of writing, not just you know creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, creative writing, I kind of struggle with because I struggle with getting started and knowing where I want to go. But when, I, when I've got a story and it's like, hey, you're gonna go and you're gonna go talk to this person about mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. Great, I can I can do all sorts of things with that. So you strike me as like a slam poetry guy. So this is like interesting to hear where it's like you like you much prefer like be given a prompt or like a task oh, yes. as I, opposed to creative freedom. I, I need structure to do my best writing. Interesting. Okay. So like, so let's say for the barometer, let's say like, okay, like go, okay, you go write about this. So do you enjoy, so even though you're given a prompt to write about, do you still like find like some way to like have creative, like creative structure in your story with like the way you place quotes, the way you talk about this, talk about that. Oh, that's all. That's all the fun of it. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, if I'm given a story and I'm given, I'm given just a general topic, and maybe here's my editors will give me here's someone you can start by talking with, right, or right. here's a, here's a press release you can start by looking at. Mm-hmm. But then I've got to figure out who do I need to talk to to tell this story best. Okay, what what sources do I need to collect? And then once I have all that information, I need to think about what have they told me? What have I learned that needs to be on this in this article? Mm-hmm. And so. I kind of need to figure out how can how do I structure this to get my point across most efficiently? Right. And how do I I also have to remember though that people actually have to read this. So yes. if I write something that's boring and terrible, no one's going to read it. <laughs> Doesn't matter how informative it may be. So <laughs> that, that's very true. Like one thing our advisor Jen preaches about and I've referenced this in other podcasts is time is such a valuable thing and like you writing a story for like a newspaper or like a news outlet, you're asking people to take their time to like give you their time to read. So you're definitely right where it's like you need to have like informative like facts, fact toys to make it interesting. So that, that's what like you come into play because I've read your writing, Wes. You definitely put some of your personality into it. <laughs> like I I've, I enjoy reading your articles because like they're like so like they're efficient, they're so well thought of, they're well versed. But then it's like oh like that's Wes. That's <laughs> that's just who yeah. he is, <laughs> you know. Like so like let's talk about that a little bit. Do you like? Do you think it's very important for? a writer, like a journalist, like a student journalist especially, to put their own personality, their own spin on any article they're given? I think that it's important for a reader to be able to hear your voice and what you're saying. Sure. Definitely don't, I wouldn't use the word spin because to me spin kind of implies sort of a, a bias in your writing. Okay, okay. So, so what would you use? I would I would go with personality. I'd okay. say let tell, tell the facts tell uh keep keep it to what's important but let the reader be able to know that there's a person behind this okay you know on on the other side of that piece of paper or that computer screen or however you choose to uh consume all of our very high quality articles <laughs> um there is there is a writer who worked hard to produce something that is good right and you're one of those writers uh sometimes no not all the time. <laughs> i've seen it for, i've seen it for Wes. you and i are up here I, I would say the same amount of hours. <laughs> the Probably. Only, the only problem is, though, you're working. I'm bugging everybody. But still. <laughs> um, I'm not always working. I think you are. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a computer monitor waiting for work to happen. No, no, no. But here's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm going to give the listeners like an insider scoop. I go to Wes to bug his desk, like to bug him at his desk. And his screen, he has a story up. And it's like, high, there's like sections highlighted, different colors. There's like underline there's bold there's like stuff is like there's a structure to your writing it's so interesting it's like i guess what is your writing process for like a story like say you're giving a story what is your writing process like off the bat like you got sources you need structure quotes what is that process for you like because like it's very enticing for me to like to look at and listen to if anything the writing process actually begins even before i'm given a story Mm -hmm. because when i go when i go to a barometer meeting i need to bring pitches 
And so I need to go and look. There's a couple different places I like to look, like um, look for upcoming events at OSU or look for research that's been done at OSU. But I need to find something that I can look at and think that's interesting and also something people need to know about. Sure. So that's where it very begins is there. And then go to a meeting. I get a story, either something I've pitched or something that someone else has pitched or something that somehow ended up there. Okay. Um, once I get that story... I need to go find sources. Right. Um, I won't go too far into that because it's really just emailing a lot of people <laughs> and saying, hey, do you have a few moments to talk to me in one form or another? Right. But once I've got once I've gotten information from sources, I I what you were talking about with highlighting and all that, that's my notes. Okay. I write I write notes that are probably like three or four times longer than the article that they produce. Right. Because I put everything into a big sheet of notes and then I look through it and I kind of Filter it down into right. an article. Okay. So, like, what's in those notes? Is it like, is it like basic facts? Is it like, like quotes? Like, what's in those notes that like are so important? That's so long. Well, the notes. Uh, if I've interviewed someone in person, it is the entire transcript of the interview, okay. word for word. Okay. Uh, if it's an email, if I've emailed someone to get my information, it is the entire content of the email, okay. word for word. Uh, if I'm using, if I'm looking for through press releases, looking to find information there, it's the entire press release really? word okay. for word. Okay. I just kind of what I like to do is take everything and put all of it in one place, and then see how it all fits together. I relate to that because, like, I'm a broadcaster myself, and like what they preach is, it's like you want to know more information than you need because you never know what's going to happen. You know, like that's the same thing like like article writing. It's like. But like you may not use it, but it's good to know because one thing it shows that you're doing your research. It shows that like when you interview your sources, like like they know that you know what you're talking about. You know? So I think like I think I think it's really cool where it's like you go that extra mile to like make sure like you do your research and make sure you know what you're talking about before you write the article, which is like I think it's very impressive as well because like because like that's like you know, what you're 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 a freshman, right? I'm a sophomore. Still, you're young. <laughs> you are young. <laughs> like, there's something that, like, like old school journalists do, and you use those skills already to, like, to cultivate and tell a story, which is, I think it's very fascinating as well. Because yeah, I, people I've seen this, I'm, like, not kidding. His notes are, like, insane. Color-coded, underlined, coordinated, blocked out, everything. It's just, like, that extra mile you go to is really, really impressive. Like, it shows in your stories. I, I want you to know that. I think it's really cool. Well, thank you. Of course. You know, I think it's... It's good to put in like 30, 45 minutes of extra work on a Wednesday or a Thursday to make the notes more easy to use mm -hmm. when you're running up against a deadline on a Sunday or Monday and mm -hmm. you need your notes to be falling into a story. Right. It's like, you're like and even if, you don't, even if you're doing this, all of it, like it's there, like you know it. Exactly. Good. So <laughs> how did you, <laughs> let me ask you this. How did you develop that style? Because it's very, it's very like unique to news, but I feel like, have you like, had experience writing news before? I have had some. Back when I was in high school, I wrote for our school newspaper. Okay. Um, but I didn't really take notes back then. Mm -hmm. I, um, mostly what I was writing was more like summaries of world events, things like that. Right. So, although maybe that does kind of lead to what I do with my notes, because I put all the information in one place and then try to summarize it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, as for where it developed from... That's a good question. You know, it just kind of <laughs> happened one day. Right, that's, yeah. that's as much as I can tell you. It's is a that system. It, I make changes to the way I make notes all the time, but, you know, there's always there's always a process of learning and thinking, next time I need you to do that, next time I need mm -hmm. to do that. But, yeah, um, 
Saying, I'm saying um too much. That's um, fine. Uh, that's how you can tell I'm not from FM. Well, <laughs> well, um is just the way the brain's way of thinking. I say um. Brain uh, um is well. Words are hard. Um is the way it shows that the brain is processing words. Everyone everyone uses either um or like. <laughs> and I've noticed this. I don't notice when people say um because I use um, but I don't use like, and so I always notice when people say like a lot. In I, conversation. Use <laughs> I use both. <laughs> so okay, so you mentioned. You have some previous journalism work with news in high school. You were currently work for Daily Barometer. But let's see this. I feel like you and I have talked about this before, but how did you find out about Orange Media Network? Well, um, I found out about Orange Media Network. Uh, I was looking one day at the um, Oregon State job listings. Okay. And they have some that are job listings. They have some that are volunteer positions and various different things. And at first, I actually saw a posting to volunteer as a DJ. At, interesting at uh on the fm station okay and i thought oh that's interesting i should apply but i looked through their page to see like what other positions they had and i noticed that that one said it was like volunteer but they're like we're hiring writers and i'm like i could be working doing this stuff <laughs> how uh, could i say no right yeah and so i joined and with how much i say um it's probably good that i didn't go to <laughs> fm uh, you're fine <laughs> i say i'm the station manager and i say um a lot you're totally fine <laughs> No, but it's um, maybe maybe some you know I'm not gonna rule out ever being traded to FM, but I'll I'm just say saying, that because I, I graduated next year, so you could take over this podcast, you could take over FM station, you know. I'm just saying, like the sky's living for you, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you you, you part over you part over summer, which is interesting because like we get very few applicants over summer. We, we get barely any of to begin with, you know. Like <laughs> well, yeah, oh, that's not true. <laughs> Actually, really? um, well, it. Interestingly enough, I walked into the most recent barometer meeting, and there were four or five people there who I've never seen before. So really, and yeah, I, I'm not sure if it picks up in the middle of fall term because it's the middle of fall term, or if it was just a lot of people came on at once. But I think it's I think what it is is like like open house, like because like it takes a while for like people to get cleared, you know? Because like yes, to get cleared, like I'm mean, I was a journalist, so I could talk about that. Um, to get cleared, I like, actually work. Um, you need to go to like HR and like submit your like birth certificate or social security to like make sure you're actually a person. <laughs> and then yes. from there on the payroll. I remember the process because I had they needed my ID and information, all that. I gave it to them like a week before the training, mm -hmm. uh, which the the reason I applied over the summer uh, or yeah, the reason I applied over the summer is because to start working right before the beginning of mm -hmm. school is because there's a training at the end of summer for everyone at yeah, OMN. Yeah. There's a big end of summer trading. And so Jen told me, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to start a little sooner, we can get you four extra days of training before yeah. you begin. And I thought that'll be really cool. And then it started at nine on Monday and I got cleared to work on 10 that Monday. Okay. Wow. And I was, I, I, I was actually just kind of like sitting downstairs waiting to see if they were going to clear me or if huh? I was going to have to go home and try another day. So <laughs> they cleared me at 10 and I started at like 10 Oh five. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> insane. So let's talk about the training camp. So like, obviously like you worked, you applied over summer. I'm assuming you mostly worked remote, right? Or did you work at all over summer? I didn't. I didn't work at all over the summer specifically. We can kind of get into that in a second okay. because I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. So we apply. Jen is like, hey, come to training camp. Everyone's going to be there. When you get to training camp and you see all of us, when there's like FM, Damn Chic, BD, Barrel, who like people who know their stuff. Was that like intimidating for you? I think the first thing that went through my mind was that is a big room and there are a lot of people in it. <laughs> um, 
Go sing them again. Uh, it's not <laughs> intimidating. I wasn't. I wasn't scared. I'm not scared of anything. I wasn't, oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. No, I was. <laughs> I wasn't scared, but I was definitely a bit nervous about it. Right. How could you not be when you're starting a new job? Of course, but of course. There's um. It was at, it was equal parts reassuring and kind of making me a little more nervous to be around people who knew so much of their stuff. Right. Because it's like, on the one hand, there's always someone who can help me if I need someone to talk to. On the other hand, how am I ever going to, like, measure up to that? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, definitely. And it's crazy because it's like, you have people who, like, like well, that's one of the cool things about, like, OMN is, like, you have people, like, like, who, like, know radio and who know writing and who know, like, damn chic and, like, everything. So, like... That's a cool bar. It's like, and you could be that too. Maybe you'll be that someday. Maybe, maybe you'll be the guy. Maybe you'll be the guy where it's like we, we go to you for like writing help, for radio help, for like fashion help. Because let me say this, people. Like we go to you for those things right now. Not even. <laughs> <laughs> let me say this, people. The first day of training camp, Wes pulled up in this pink flamingo button-up shirt with matching pink shorts and black high-top converse. And I looked at him and I said, I want to be this guy's friend. <laughs> I was like, I want to be this guy's friend. I don't know him, <laughs> but I want to be his friend. And look at us now. We're making this podcast. Look at us now. We're buddies. Look at us buddies, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, training camp. Got that done out the way. So let's talk about your first, like, barrel assignment. So obviously, during training camp, what they do is they teach you, oh, when you write a story, do this. Or it's like, when you talk to your sources, do this. Or, like, deadlines, do this. What was your first assignment that you took for the barometer? The first assignment that I took for the barometer. So my first barometer meeting was supposed to be the one uh, the week before um, the move-in day, the first day of school, and mm -hmm. like that week, the week when the school year begins. Yeah. And I missed it because I got the wrong Zoom link. Oh, woof. Uh, it didn't end up really mattering in the end, although I was kind of like... Did, I was a bit confused. And you were just I, waiting there. I was just, I was sitting there, just sitting there <laughs> on the wrong Zoom call for an hour, and then I'm like, okay, I did, I did something wrong along the way. Uh, my first story, I was covering move-in, move-in day, move-in day, yeah. Wow. And that was an experience. Uh, talk about it. Um, well, I say an experience as if it was bad. I definitely learned a lot from it. Hmm. What'd you learn? Um, I learned a lot about how to approach people just on the street to get an interview <laughs> from them. Uh, you gotta have confidence. That's, of course. that's the first thing I learned is you can't you can't just be going around with no confidence mm -hmm. because then people don't want to talk to you. Exactly. But um, yeah, the the whole point of the story was we were just kind of going around asking people who were moving in, what did you bring? What did you have to leave at home? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you really thought about what you're doing? <laughs> I just imagine you like act like 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 you start off like humorous and then shifting to where it's like you don't know what you're getting into, aren't you? <laughs> now also Wes, you really I, thought I, about this. <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> also, I Wes, I'm gonna ask you this. Did you interview those people in that pink flamingo shirt? <laughs> Cause I feel like you did. Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> I there is a non-zero chance, but I don't actually remember what I was wearing. It was a sunny day. day. It was a sunny day. Nice and cool. I was yeah out in out in the sunshine. I might have been. I might have been wearing something else. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think I have any pictures. Okay. So, well, if I did, I would check. I like to believe that you wore the flamingo shirt. <laughs> oh man. But, okay. So you interview move it. You so moving day. You got your sources. Wrote the story. Then you submitted it. What was yes. your thought process then? Uh, well, that process then, well, 
Um, that process then was so basically, I submit the story. Mm-hmm. I send in all of the recordings because basically I'd gone around to several dorms recording people who were moving in. Right. With their permission, of course. Of I course, didn't, of course. I didn't just hide behind just like, them and hit the hide behind the bushes. <laughs> we do things ethically here. Yes. <laughs> at Orange Bay we preach ethics. We are, very, we are the ethicalist. <laughs> okay, good but, to you. But anyway, so I submit the story um, a little bit late because my laptop died. Oh, tough. Um, <laughs> rookie mistake. Well, yeah, it is total rookie mistake. I did not bring my charger, and so it died while I was sitting on the top floor of the MU trying to write. Um, I sh- why did I not just come here and finish that? <laughs> you know, another rookie mistake. Another Wes. rookie mistake. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> now, now I'm now I know, and that's why I never leave here. Yeah, same. Wes and I, we actually, we we share uh, we share this podcast video actually together. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're gonna do nothing in talking about writing. Um, anyway, I turn in the article. I turn in the recording for the sources, mm-hmm. and then I get a message saying, "Did you remember to? Uh, did you remember to timestamp your article? Because oh, yeah. when we use quotes in an article, we have to include a timestamp of when in the recording of that conversation that occurred, so it can be copy edited. Of course, of course. And I had not timestamped anything. Oh, so I then had to spend several more hours Going doing back. that and feeling terrible for wasting all the editor's time too. <laughs> but like, you, you were new, like. These like like the whole point of like being a journalist at LMN is like you learn from your mistakes. So it's like your laptop dying, you know to bring a charger. <laughs> you know it's yeah. like timestamps. Like like now now I I think the editors are fairly confident in you where it's like oh Wes yeah he got it in the bag money in the bank he's got this you know. So rookie mistakes happen. You know they do happen. You know yeah. I the only thing the only thing I can say about that is you just got to learn not to be too hard on yourself if it's your first story. If it's like your twentieth story and you're still doing that, you should probably talk with someone to get some help on that. But if it's just just your first time doing it, you know those things those things always happen. There's a first time for everything, and exactly. you're definitely going to learn from it. Well, because like mind you, moving day is such it's a big event. It's like the it's it's one of the biggest events on campus in September. And like that's your first assignment, like ever for the barometer. Like you have no idea. Like like obviously like training camp, like they teach you certain things, but when you get thrown to the wolves, it's like whoa, this is different. So like hats off to you about that because I, I think if I was in your shoes, I probably I would just would have passed out. I just would have <laughs> just like fainted, and like the story would not have been done. The one good thing about covering a big event like Moving Day is that there's always a plethora of sources. Of course. Or what's another word for big? Big. There's always big sources. <laughs> that doesn't quite work. Big in number. A large number of sources. Large number of sources. There's a sizable quantity of sources. There we go. <laughs> so we talk about your writing process a little bit. Talk about like your first assignment. Now, obviously, you kind of have some journalism background already. A little bit. A little bit. But how would you say that OMN has strengthened your writing skills? In just about every way. Can like, you elaborate? I can I can elaborate. Please do. Um, I would love to hear. I, I think I just might do that. <laughs> um, the first thing, definitely the first thing, and the thing that the writing about Moving Day taught me is how to like meet deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I write nowadays doesn't run up against the deadline. I don't cover a lot of events, mm-hmm. but learning how to get things done timely. Uh, that's the first lesson, and that's something that I can apply to everything I have to write for everything else of outside course, of all men. Um, secondly. Uh, the second thing I'd have, I'd say, I'll, I'll keep it to three. I'll keep it to three things just okay. so that we don't run over time. I mean, I don't care. This, yeah. is, this is your story. <laughs> this is your story, but it's also your time. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, second thing, 
the second thing that I found has really improved in my writing is getting concise facts into mm, okay. a story. You know, going from using four or five paragraphs to tell what you really only need two or three paragraphs to tell, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and those are that's especially useful. Like if you read an article about an upcoming event, you'll oftentimes notice there's really just two or three paragraphs. Right, with like the important information. The most important information. Right, right. Learning how to write that and nothing more than that, mm -hmm. I'd say, has been number two. Like that's something that, that's something that's really good to know. Right. Um, third thing. <laughs> number three. Number three. The third thing. <laughs> there's it's 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 there's a lot of it's hard to choose from. Of course, yeah. Well, it's hard to pick just three. Too. It's hard to pick just three, mm -hmm. but then once you limit yourself to three, it's kind of hard to pick what's going to be the third. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I will. I think number three would probably be. I'm not going to say I was bad at it because I don't want to sound like I can't take criticism, but learning to take <laughs> criticism is definitely something I have learned how to do very well and how to improve from it mm -hmm. because every story I write, it has to go by both the copy editor and whatever editor is overseeing the story, if it's city or campus. Mm -hmm. um, and from that, there are always going to be several people who are going to say, you know, you might want to consider doing this differently. You might yeah, want to consider yeah. doing that differently. Yeah. And... I've learned a lot from that. I've learned a lot from my editors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I, I relate to that. Because one thing that it took me a while to, like, really understand was, like, because, like, when you're a writer and it's, like, you think you're good at it, you're, like, oh, I got this in the bag. I wrote the best story ever. And then, like, your advisor, your editor comes in. It's, like, hey, like, how about, like, mm, maybe it was good, but maybe try this, this, and this. It's hard to not take that personal, you know? You know, it's for me, I don't know about if you relate to that. I, I have I have had a moments mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, this is good enough. Just leave it be. And then yeah. I kind of, after thinking about it for a couple hours, I always come to the conclusion that if it's good enough, it's not done. You know? Exactly. Yeah, no. That's like where I come. <laughs> that's like me. Because like even last year I was sports chief. I used to take criticism so personally. Or because like if like if they're like, your writer should like should do this more, you should do this more. I was like well, like you didn't do it. Like, I was like, you don't know what it's like. Like I was, I was pissed about it. You did know, you make that face. <laughs> I did not know. But you know, it's like, I think that's one thing that journalism is really good at teaching you is like criticism is a good thing because like at the end of the day, we all have one common goal. Like the writers and all of us at Omen, we have a common goal of wanting to get better and improving for our audience, for our greater audience. So yeah. I definitely to that. And I, I also kind of have to remember like it's, it's a team effort and if my story is terrible, it's not just going to reflect on me. It's going to reflect on everyone else. So totally. yeah, we all, we I kind of have to remember that that if you're if I'm getting criticism, maybe in the moment it's like I just want to be done with this. I'm going to feel angry about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not like angry, angry, but I I just don't want to hear it. Yeah. But I, I I always have to remember, and I always try to remind myself that you're getting criticism for your own good. Yeah, exactly. And that's like what I tell myself too, actually. So it's like, it's actually that criticism sometimes, like, I know, like, when I was a writer and I'd get that criticism, it would, like, motivate me to not want to write, which is weird. But then looking back at it now, that that criticism really motivated me to write, you know? Yeah, I, I wrote a, a very lengthy article recently, and I remember it got held up a little bit in the editing process for changes to be made. And I remember thinking, like, oh, come on, it's fine. Do you see how long it is? Do you, mm -hmm. see, how many, you see how much fact is in there? Yeah. 
But then after thinking about it for a little while, I reread it and I'm like, okay, no, that's definitely way better than what I had written. <laughs> what article was that? It was the uh, article I wrote recently about uh, how wildfires are affecting trout. Mm, okay. And specifically, it was the intro to that. I remember getting told, well, you know, you should include more detail in that. And at first I'm like, oh, there's so much detail in the article already. Yeah, yeah. And then after I thought about it for all, I thought, no, no, why am, why am I even being... Why am I trying? Why am I even like... <laughs> bothering to be yeah. upset about this like and i wouldn't say i was upset about it and i say that so that i don't sound bad <laughs> no um there are a few things that really make me upset when i get criticized about but there are a lot of things where it's kind of like after a week writing an article it's like you kind of you, there's a temptation to say i'm done i just want to be done right but then there's the professional side that kicks in and says yeah. no you're here to do a job, get exactly. your job done, and once that kicks in, I get my job done. Exactly. See, because you have a good, you have a good understanding where it's like, where it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like this article is like too long. Like, I don't want to do it. But you understand where it's like, wait, this is my job. Like I made a commitment to the to the place, to the people, to myself, to the audience. That I will get this story done. So you have a good, you have a good way of like understanding that and like committing to that job and getting it done for sure. Yeah, and I'll say after that one, that article in particular, when I kind of realized I'm being a little bit ridiculous about this, <laughs> I've definitely, I feel, I never complained to anyone about that because right. it, it was just me being grumpy. <laughs> um, and I haven't complained to anyone about anything else, but right. I'll say, like, now I've noticed I'm a lot more proactive in going out and trying to get criticism yeah. about what I write. If okay. I'm in the middle of writing something, I'll ask my editor, hey... Can you look at this before I submit it and tell right. me like what do you what would you change about this right now? Mm. And I think maybe I'll make that lesson three. Oh, there we go. Seek out criticism okay. of what you're doing because having an extra having an extra person's opinion always helps. Yes, I agree. Mostly. I agree. It's like it's like an extra pair of eyes, extra pair of ears, pair of yeah. hands. It never Definitely. hurts at the very least. Exactly. I agree. I agree with that. All right. Well, I got one more question for you. What would you say to students who want to become student journalists but are like are scared nervous maybe they don't have experience what would you say to them to get them to become a student journalist <laughs> kind of put what, would I, what would i say to get them to become a student journalist or what would you say like what advice would you give them to like, like let's say let's say like a little freshman comes up to you it's like wes you know i see what you're doing like you're a great writer it's cool i want to do that but i'm scared get over yourself do it <laughs> Well, maybe said, I wouldn't use the words get over yourself, but I would say do not overthink yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. um, there is always room for improvement for everyone. So if you think, oh, I'm just not going to do very well. Yeah. You know, your first story, maybe you won't. Yeah. But the 10th story, you will. The 20th story, you will. The 30th story, you will. You're getting better and better and better. Exactly. And maybe even... Even if you don't want to be a writer, there are always a lot of other things up here that you could be doing. There's <laughs> photographers. Uh, I'm sure you'd love people to come host shows I would, on I FM. I would love people to become DJs for FM. <laughs> yes. So there you go. If you're listening to this, he needs DJs. <laughs> this is the writing podcast, Wes. <laughs> as much as I appreciate you. You can do both. I've done both. <laughs> you have done both. So there you go. Listeners, come do both. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so if that freshman took to you, you'd be like, Join FM. <laughs> That's what you'd say? No, that is not what I would say. <laughs> I would say don't join FM. Come join the barometer. If that if that freshman come up to me, you know, man, I need I always need like an hour to come up with a, a catchy response to these questions. Of course, yeah. 
It's well, you don't have an hour. <laughs> I don't have an hour. I know, but it's it's like you go home and you take a shower and then you think about it's it. It's like, then. wait a minute. I know. I I'll maybe I'll come back tomorrow and I'll have it. We can record the last I, ten seconds. I won't of this. be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I won't be here either. <laughs> so yeah, if you're listening to this and you do have any interest in being a writer, and you have the time to do it, give it a try. The like the worst thing that can happen is that. You don't. You find you don't really enjoy it, mm-hmm. and then you can leave. <laughs> Tell us first. Don't just disappear. Yeah, don't disappear. Yeah, but. Don't definitely don't disappear. But <laughs> I have a hunch that I've never seen anyone say I don't like this and leave. I've only been here for two months. Well, I've been here four years. I've never seen that. Maybe I've never seen it, and it has happened. But mm-hmm. I, I, people don't usually come to me to quit. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. You know, I'm making this sound way worse than it is. Can we can we edit out the last 32 minutes and 41 seconds of this? <laughs> so, let me answer for you. <laughs> You're saying, just give it a try. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but at least you tried. Yeah, I, I would say give it a try, and... If you, fi- if you find that you're struggling with it, there's always someone around who you can talk to about it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Advisors, editors, fellow student leaders. Exactly. <laughs> We've all been there. Other writers, there's like, there is almost always someone here anyway. I have been here once or twice and there's no one except that's, me. And sometimes you. That's scary. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the times that's happened, it's been you and I. Yeah. So if <laughs> there you go. If all else fails, we'll always be we'll here be for here. you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Wes, well... Thanks for being a guest on this podcast. (laughs) This is Why Do You Write, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.